This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, I'm Anif Baharudin and this is Gigi Well Played, the show that talks about all things video games. As we get closer to the end of the year, Najman Maliki will be joining me to reflect on the year that was in the gaming world. But before that, here's a recap of some of the biggest news in the world of gaming with Ofnil Ting and Daryl Ong. Alright, we're going to start this week's news coverage with a follow-up from last week's news on Ubisoft and their attempt at joining the Metaverse and creating their own NFTs. That's right. According to a report by Kotaku, after the backlash to Quartz, Ubisoft's blockchain-based technology that's meant to kickstart their foray into the world of NFTs, the CEO of the company, Yves Guillermo, held a video Q&A session with his employees to reassure them that they're on the right path and track, despite the backlash that they've received since the announcement which has even been met with scepticism by some of their own employees who have been reported to not be as impressed with the direction that they're heading at the moment. Yeah, so based on the report, the initial concern by most of the employees was the potential backlash that they'll be receiving, especially considering that the game this service was launched in, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, was already facing scrutiny earlier during its shaky launch and was just about to be stable again. But in that video call, Ubisoft's CEO, Guillermo, said that the backlash was expected and he compared the situation to how the industry initially reacted to DLCs, microtransactions and loot boxes, implying that over time, NFTs in gaming will eventually be accepted. This did not go well with some employees who were aware of how microtransactions and loot boxes are still contentious and highly controversial, with Ubisoft being involved in their fair share of controversies with those services. Yeah, so when asked about the kind of gameplay elements that can be made possible using NFTs and blockchain technology, Guillermo did not give any specific example and just said that the concept of a metaverse would allow gamers to build and sell virtual houses and, in quotes, have agency in the video game creation process itself. Uh, he also made references to Roblox using that gaming and social media platform as an inspiration. Yep, some developers within the company are now wondering whether the implementation of NFTs in their games will mean it will disrupt the creative process of game development and take away a lot of resources as these elements like microtransactions and loot boxes will now be part of future game designs hampering limitless creativity that can be generated without having to worry about all these extra components. Yeah, so whatever it is, it feels like this is just the beginning, right? And we are keen to see how the larger industry reacts and responds to NFTs and blockchains in video games. Alright, moving on. Tencent have announced that they have acquired Total Rock Studios, a company based in California that was responsible for developing Back 4 Blood and, of course, the Left 4 Dead series. Mm, big one. According to reports, Turtle Rock will become part of Tencent but will still be independent and continue its operations in Lake Forest, California. This also includes the studio's co-founders, Phil Rock and Chris Ashton, assuming their current roles and responsibilities of leading the studio despite the acquisition. The company's partnership with Warner Bros. to publish Back for Blood will also not be affected by this acquisition. Yeah, so just a bit of background, Turtle Studios started out as an independent developer back in 2002 before they were acquired by Valve in 2008, just before the release of their highly 
highly successful shooter Left for Dead. After the acquisition, the company was renamed to Valve South, and after two years, they left Valve and renamed the company back to Turtle Rock Studios once again. Hmm. For Tencent, this is the third company that they have acquired this year after taking over Sumo Group, the developer of Sackboy Big Adventure, back in July, and Wake Up Interactive in November. Okay, up next, Square Enix has announced that they will be suspending the sale of their hugely popular MMORPG Final Fantasy XIV and registration for its free trial to help ease the server congestion that a lot of players have been experiencing since early this month. Yeah, so due to the game's popularity, coupled with the launch of its latest expansion, and Walker, on the 3rd of December, a lot of players are having trouble logging in reliably into the servers, and two weeks later, there are still errors and longer than average queue times when attempting to log in. So, with that in mind, and in the spirit of allowing players who have bought the game and are waiting for their time to play it comfortably, Square Enix will be suspending the sale of the base game, the starter edition, as well as the complete edition until the existing players have a chance to go through the game's new content. Initially, they also said that the paid players will get priority login access over free trial users, but now, the free service trial registrations will be suspended entirely as it's too difficult for these users to log in at all. These games are now no longer available at local storefronts, but according to Square Enix, the expansions and collector's edition digital upgrades will still be sold for active players. The advertisements for the game will also be taken down, though they did say that they can't suspend them all. Yeah, so So the company apologised for the inconvenience of course and as a result said that they'll be upgrading its free subscription time from 7 days to 21 days an additional 14 days of playtime for gamers. They'll also monitor the situation and will consider the right time to resume the sales of the game. Mm, This is not the first time the game's sale has been suspended. Earlier in the year, the game received an influx of new players as the game improved its mechanics and as a result they had to suspend the sale for a moment to accommodate new players right yeah so Final Fantasy XIV's success story is truly wonderful and this is one of the rare occasions where the success is so good that the company had to accommodate them and are doing it in a very professional way ensuring that current players that have paid for the game will get their time without overpromising future players by allowing them the purchase at this moment when the demand is high great move Square Enix Alright, lastly, another item affected by overwhelming demand is the Elden Ring. Specifically, the sale of Elden Ring Premium Collector's Edition, uh, which had to be paused due to overwhelming demand. Bandai Namco will make the announcement again once the limited edition will be available for pre-order again. While the demand for a premium version of the game is understandable, considering the hype surrounding it, the sale of this particular edition had to be halted due to a weird decision on Bandai Namco's end to relaunch its store at the same time. Yeah, so this resulted in a lot of users facing problems with their account creations, not being able to proceed beyond a certain page, and not being able to check out their items. So, pair these problems with an overwhelming demand and what you get is a problematic experience resulting in the halting of the sale of this premium edition. As of now, Bandai Namco has not announced when the pre-order will be available again. That's all we have for this week's news. Back to you, Hanif. Thank you very much, Ofnil and Daryl. It's been quite a year for the gaming industry, so in this episode, I'm going to sit down with one of our main contributors, Najman Maliki, to share our personal reflections on the year that was and the games that we played and we'll look forward to next year. Yeah, I think my initial thoughts for the gaming industry this year is very um, 
It's very 2021 vibes lah. <laughs> uh, it's it's ups and downs. There are a few, to me, notable games that exceeded my expectations. Games like Kina. And there are games that delivered exactly as I expected. Like um, director's cut of um, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, director's cuts of uh, Death Stranding. But there are also games that... I, I didn't expect it to fluke, but it did. <laughs> um, the latest Battlefield, of course, um, and, and a couple of other games. But um, yeah, it's been, it's been quite a journey, I guess, for 2021. But I do, I do have to say that it's quite sad to me that I still don't have a PS5 in hand. So yeah, I can't really say that I've played a lot of the <laughs> great games like Returnal and Deathloop and stuff like that. Lah. So slightly sad. At this point, I'm just like, you know, just chilling and just like letting things flow. As much as I do want to play a lot of the games on PS5, I've, I guess, reached that point where I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to be still be happy with my PS4 and, you know, all the other games that I can play on other platforms before, I guess, thinking about next-gen consoles. As much as there are a lot of exciting things that, that were released and that will be released, you know, on the platform, right? If you think about it. And in fact, the latest one is, which is just a tech demo, but it's a very interesting tech demo, The Matrix Awakens, that looks yes. fantastic as well. But unfortunately, we can't get our hands on, on, on you know, on the next-gen console, right? To be able to, I guess, give our honest feedback and our perspective on, on these things. But I guess that's the, <laughs> that's the reality for now, right? And, and I don't know. I mean, like, will you be proactive in trying to get your hands on, on a PS5 next year, at least? No, <laughs> sadly, um, I've uh, dealt with it internally that I probably would not be able to get either PS5 so uh, or a, a decent enough um, ray traced uh, enabled graphics card. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to like just definitely clean up my PS4, maybe, I don't know, change it to <laughs> an SSD instead of a normal hard drive <laughs> so that I can... <laughs> Uh, still play um, great games that's coming up in 2022 and I have to say um, the lineup is looking great and very happy that PS4 is still going to be heavily supported for, for um, those lineups for next year yeah I, I think that's the interesting part right? I think if I'm not mistaken um, you know talking about Sony and PlayStation specifically um, they went through a bit of a like a weird PR thingy with fans because you know there were like mentions of like oh maybe Horizon Forbidden West will not be released on a PlayStation 4 after earlier if I'm not mistaken saying say, saying so right so our fans are going to be charged extra and then they had to I guess fall back on that and say oh okay no they're not they will not be charged you know the upgrade will be made free and whatnot so so it's kind of interesting that yeah you're right to some extent that at least all these big games uh games that the blockbuster games like that that i guess one way or another we will play and we will talk about at least will be on the previous gen console right uh so at least that's great uh speaking of which this year as much as it was uh i guess a decent year for gaming it feels like we didn't have at least for me like, i feel like we didn't have enough blockbuster games you know the the typical triple a games which is both good and bad in the sense that you know sometimes you always look for the blockbuster triple a games to i guess to look forward to to talk about and sometimes you know they deliver sometimes they don't and but this year it feels like we didn't have enough triple a blockbuster game but at the same time we did get a lot of good games as well and i feel like it's like personally it's a good thing that you know that we don't have as far as i can remember you know big enough games blockbuster games but at least we can shine or give 
you know, uh, attention to games like It Takes Two, you know, even games like Deathloop, which has received rave reviews, you know, the Chang Clang Reef Apart. Um, at least these games can be given, I guess, the proper attention that they deserve, only because, you know, they don't have the typical AAA title dominating the, the I guess, the, the scene this year, right? If you think about it. Mm. Um, and I totally agree with you on that. And I think just to kind of build on that as well, definitely this is because of <laughs> the pandemic. But you do see this year alone, um, we get a lot of remastered remakes and stuff, which is not a bad thing. I'm not complaining. Um, I enjoyed Mass Effect uh, a lot. I enjoyed, um, still enjoying Diablo 2. Uh, but yeah, I think I would even foresee that this might happen in, in 2022 as well. Something that I, I much prefer to have Diablo 4, if you will. I much prefer, I much prefer to have something newer. But yeah, it's the thing that we, it's the kind of scenario that we have to expect. And it's not, it's not too bad. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, you brought up a very good point there. And we've never actually spoken about this. But why, what are your thoughts on the industry um, releasing remasters and remakes a lot more often these days compared to, I guess, you know, previous years. You know, it feels like it's becoming a trend now that, you know, companies are making quote-unquote quick buck by trying to release or remake all the classic games, right? And and we need to distinguish between a remake and a remaster, right? A remaster can just simply be... I mean, it still requires a bit of effort, but a remaster doesn't necessarily change the whole game. For example, you know, GTA, which is just a remaster, the GTA yeah. trilogy. But a remake like, you know, Mafia, Definitive Edition, that's a remake from the ground up, right? You know, even for games like Demon's Souls where it's a remake. And I feel like, as a fan, I appreciate the remakes, especially for games that I have played before. But as a gamer who went on a long hiatus, you know, have I've missed like some games. It's good to see, you know some older games being remastered, quote-unquote, right? And on one hand, I kind of like appreciate the fact that these games are being released again on modern consoles, which means that I don't have to worry about preserving my old copy of a game that I have on a PS2, for example. But mm -hmm. a part of me also feels like, yeah, maybe, you know, we're, it's becoming a trend now that, you know, how much, like, 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 will this be a new trend where, you know, in a year we have three, four, five remasters, can if you think about it. Mm. Yeah, uh, for me personally, I, I enjoy the remakes. Okay, so again, separating the two apart, I like really cherish the remakes um, because I know new community members are going to be able to play the game. Like, for example, Diablo 2 is a great example. Uh, I don't know how old that game is, maybe 20, 25 years old. Literally, a, a kid who, who, who is like 21 now have never even seen the game when it got launched. Uh, will be able to enjoy the game in all its glory, re uh, re enjoy or rather, well, enjoy it for the first time in all its glory, um, and that would be great. I, I think that's great for the 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 whole gaming community. But but the bit that I'm not so happy about is the remasters, especially when the remaster is not that great. And <laughs> all of that, if you wanna <laughs> you wanna add on to that um, uh, that wound, if the remaster was launched with uh, a ton of bugs like GTA. <laughs> that was Najban Maliki, and we've been reflecting on the year that was in the gaming world. More after these messages. Stay tuned. This is GG World Played on BFM eighty nine point nine. PFM 89.9, you're listening to Gigi Well Played. I'm your host, Hanif Baharudin. 
Najman Maliki joins me on the show today to reflect on the year that was in the gaming world. We ended the first half of the conversation by talking about remasters and remakes that are being released a lot more these days. And picking up where we left off, we're now going to talk about one unfortunate remaster that's in the headlines for all the wrong reasons. Yes, we're referring to Grand Theft Auto Trilogy, the definitive edition. I I was actually looking forward to it, but at the same time, uh, part of me was... I guess beginning to be a bit more cognizant and aware of the mm. tactics used by companies, right? So the fact that they didn't release any gameplay videos, like even up to literally like a week before the game was scheduled to be released was already a mini red flag for me. Yeah, and the fact that there weren't even like any reviews from I know mainstream publishers regarding the game until the game was released, right? Which shows that, you know, they didn't really, really receive their review copy until the game was released. So I was like, and I was like, Honestly, I was actually looking forward to to actually getting the the trilogy, but because of these things and because I, and eventually you know why, like like you know it was released with a lot of bugs. Like I have I haven't bought it yet. Um, but if, and I don't know whether this is a bad thing or a good thing, but you know I do want to eventually get it. You know I don't I I and that's the thing, right? It's kind of sad because. I'm still like beholden to my own nostalgia that I feel the need to even give. Rockstar chance in the sense that you know, I won't wait for, for the game to quote-unquote be fixed and then I'll give them my money. There are people out there who are like, you know, hey, you know, I don't want to, you know, that's it for Rockstar. I've already, I know I'm not going to give them my money anymore unless, you know, GTA 6 is really good, really good, right? But, you know, for me, I don't know, I'm maybe a bit more forgiving. I don't know whether that's good or bad, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, I mean, because uh, to, to, I guess... Definitely the original developers of GTA 3. Um, uh, they did a great job. That's the reason why you still feel like you want to contribute to <laughs> the legacy still. Uh, and I think that's that's fine for you to feel that way. Uh, but definitely, I, I, they, they've lost uh, the interest of any newcomers ever, right? period, right? And I think that's the bit where, to me at least, Blizzard did right um, when it comes to launching the Diablo 2 Resurrected. Um, because they, they did not just target the the older folks who's playing for the nostalgia factor. They also targeted the younger generations who, who've never played the game before. Hence, they, they made like two features, right? You can actually play the game in its original view where it's very pixelated and stuff and it's just a hit of a key to change that whole um, look. But you can also play it in like um like the highest setting uh where you you have your reflections you have your high quality models and stuff like that so i think that's the best way to go i i just especially for companies like rockstar i do put you guys at a at a lot higher uh pedestal uh, if you guys are making a remaster and or yeah a remake it, if it's not at that level yeah man i i really can't i can't I really can't say that i would ever <laughs> um probably even get it um, but that doesn't actually even just stop at a remake or remaster, right? Um, we can still look at uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, uh, <laughs> although almost I guess a year or more than a year after uh, the launch, uh, you can still see the dumpster fire is still still burning you can still see the embers if it's not huge anymore you can still see the fire they can still feel the heat um, it's still not playable on PS4 at what was promised at the levels that was promised at least right and you still can't play um other thing at the max level on even on the uh, latest consoles 
Um, for PC at least you have your modding communities where they they came in and fixed a lot of bugs not bugs sorry they came in and fixed the, a lot of the uh, the look of the game yeah even some bugs as well actually but yeah man I, I really put people like CD Projekt Red Blizzard Rockstars at a lot higher pedestal you can't just launch a game and then just let it be riddled with um, bugs and, and, and be okay with it and expect that nostalgia feel to to just roll through and people will just continue to buy um, but as a gamer uh, and if you want to go back to the roots uh, if you want to grab yourself a copy of GTA 3 Remastered by all means go ahead but yeah I don't think they Rockstar should be forgiven for the mistakes that they've done yeah um I told myself initially that I didn't want to mention Cyberpunk, but I guess you brought it up, which is kind of like interesting because <laughs> because at least we started, I think we started this show this year by talking about Cyberpunk and I think it's good to somehow talk about it at the end of this year just to see where they where they are right now, right? If you think about it. I mean, considering that what happened at the end of last year and what happened yeah earlier this year and, you know, and it's been, yeah, 12 months, um, kind of sad to see the game still not being fixed, which at the end of the day, I guess, justified the whole comment about how the game shouldn't be released in the first place. Because considering that, you know, a year later, like literally a year later, they still have not fixed the game properly, right? And which means that the game should have technically been released maybe even next year, if you think about it, right? Not even 2021. It should have been released in 2022, if you think about it. Or even later. Or even later, yeah. we were we were promised uh, DLCs. We were promised... Um, a couple of patch fixes throughout the year. We did get the hot fixes, but essentially after June, it was just quiet, right? So there's no more uh, fixes per se, according to their roadmap at least. They've fallen off the bandwagon um, uh, in the in the roadmap at least, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they did promise another roadmap for next year. So let's see whether <laughs> they will be able to deliver on that new roadmap. Um, but yeah, I think in hindsight, well, in hindsight, yeah, cause especially considering that we both, uh, at least you eventually played it on PC but for me I totally played the whole game like literally from the beginning till the end with and played through multiple endings on a PlayStation 4 it's such a shame because there is a good game there like literally there is a good game in terms of the story in terms of the gameplay mechanics one way or another you know put aside all their promises the yeah the music especially yeah so the game has character lah. and and I feel like it's such a shame that their legacy and to a certain extent even CD Projekt rates legacy is tarnished by all these things, right? If you think about it. And and that's the reality of, of, of gaming these days. I mean, um, you mentioned Battlefield 2042. Again, another big franchise uh, from a big developer also facing problems. So, um, I don't know. And that's, that's a topic, I guess, we should talk about maybe in the future. Yeah, and going back to remasters, at least Mass- the Mass Effect trilogy Legendary Edition was delivered pretty well I suppose to a certain extent if you think about it right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was there was at least a good job from EA and BioWare and considering BioWare's history at least they managed to somehow pull it off pretty well and as a first timer to the franchise I was pretty much blown away by the trilogy and that's that's my whole like wish when it comes to remakes when it comes to remasters I want people like you who've never played that game to enjoy what I enjoyed like 10, 15, 20 years ago um, I think that's a really great example of a good release of a remastered yeah yeah um, yeah there are also other games that we played throughout the year uh, you mentioned Diablo yes Blizzard is in big trouble right now but I guess Diablo is a big enough franchise and maybe from your perspective, it was it was a good effort done by by the team, right? Um, at least on yeah. the gaming front when it comes to Diablo 2. 
Yeah, and I, I, I really have to tip my hats off to the developers and the people who worked on the game real hard. Um, it was um, obviously they had to work through the whole issue that uh, Blizzard itself as a parent company had uh, undergone. But having said that, that aside, uh, they did uh, face some problems and issues and it's fixed. Uh, and it's still being um, updated and they've promised more reworks and more updates to the game itself and I think that's that's the way to go uh, for any company um, regardless of what's happening within the company. Yeah. yeah. We also talk about um, Ghost of Tsushima, Director's Cut, which was also a great extension to the original game that was released uh, last year. And then there was also games like um, Kenna, Bridge of Spirit, which is also really, was a game that we covered like, I think a couple of weeks ago was also a good game. Um, personally, on my end, we did talk about Hitman 3 as well, which is, I think, a good a good game to close off the trilogy, at least for now. Yeah. And then there's also Resident Evil Village, which is, I think, one of the one of the more well-known franchises that had a strong release, to be fair. And it was kind of like like a good game as well. Um, so overall, yeah. Um, did you enjoy the year? Like in terms of gaming, you know, apart from, you know, playing all the new games, you also, I'm sure, have played some other old games as well, right? Yeah. Uh, overall, yeah, what was the year like for you? I think the year for me was mainly surprising when it comes to other titles that I am not expecting to surprise me. Um, so Kena, for example, Kena is a really good example of a good title that surprised me. Another, I mean, okay, so for me, the top lists are not notable ones, actually. So my top list would be, um, I mean, I've never played Road Likes before and um, we did play Curse of the God. Uh, that was great. And um, I think Hades, if you want to count as 2021, Hades did launch for PS4 in 2021. That's a really good game. Um, and uh, a couple of our indie games that we played this year as well, that was good. Even from like, Company Man, we played Company Man, um, a Malaysian-based game that was quite good. And um, a game that we did not talk on GWP but I enjoyed thoroughly is uh, The Ascent. Um, and I would highly recommend anyone um, want to try that game out. Um, it's only on PC, I believe. But if you guys have a PC, and looking for a game to play The Ascent is uh, on Steam um, it's at full price 89 ringgit um, and it's the perfect in my personal view game uh, cyberpunk game it's the perfect cyberpunk game for me um, if you like the genre you love that game uh, a top down uh, ARPG isometric Diablo style um, and the story is nice the music is nice the gameplay the graphics all wonderful stuffs. Um, something really that 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 blew me and caught me off guard. I didn't expect that game to be that good. Um, but yeah, so I guess in a way, it's more like um, to me, like at least personally, like the year of the indies uh, this year. Mm. <laughs> yeah, um, there are also disappointments, and as much as you know, we want to talk about them. I don't, I don't really want to. I guess be a bit more negative at the end of this year. But I feel like, yeah, it's worth mentioning things like, you know, Battlefield. We've already mentioned Battlefield. And what about Konami, you know, screwing up um, the release of eFootball, right? You know, and I was like personally actually looking forward to that considering that they took a break for, for a year, right? To to uh, work on this new eFootball, um, rebranded, rebranded franchise, you know, calling it eFootball. And then they wanted to, I guess, implement the new Unreal Engine. 
And for it to, I guess, feel spectacularly was such a, a bummer, but yeah, such a disappointment. But I guess it is what it is, right? I mean, and, and it's, a, it's a worrying trend if you think about it, you know, all this. And these are not small publishers, by the way, right? These are all big publishers. Prioritizing, I guess, profit over quality. I mean, there must be like, a, I, I guess the issue is a bit more nuanced, but yeah, you know, there are these problems, but at the same time, Let's look forward to next year and also the games that will be released next year, I suppose. <laughs> you know, I mean, as much as we can talk about, about all the disappointments, right? Um, Obviously, I think, you know, we can't run away from talking about a lot of games that we obviously talk about a lot, you know, the triple the, the able busters that I said earlier, right? You know, the mm-hmm. your God of Wars, your Horizon, uh, Forbidden West and whatnot. But are you also looking ahead or looking towards other games as well, apart from, you know, the usual games? Yeah, I mean, obviously, again, another AAA title, Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, I'm look, really looking forward to Elden Ring. Um, ironically, Elden Ring has won an award on Steam. I can't believe how you can win an award as the most uh, anticipated anticipated game. Um, that's not fair. That's not an award. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really looking forward to Elden Ring and Forspoken. Um, Forspoken looks great. Um, uh, I think... I believe the release is sometime in June but yeah if you guys haven't checked it out Forspoken at least my personal view looks like a really uh, interesting game with interesting mechanics yeah if if we can fingers crossed get Diablo Immortal on um, mobile 2022 that would be great You're tuning in to GG World Played and that was our reflection on the year that was in the video game world featuring Najman Maliki. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, look for the podcast on bfm.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play and also Spotify. Do share your thoughts and the games that you play via our email, ggwp at bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on and please take care. Have a safe Christmas, everyone. Till next time, GG World Played. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.